are insane welcome to the completely unnecessary podcast for tuesday august 3rd august 3rd 2021 rent is due there's pre-birthday ian ferguson here i am i'm post-birthday pat country on the podcast today we'll be talking about someone completing ninja gaiden with the power glove is it possible it might be i'll be discussing um an update on the polymega update ebay is the scumbag saw over the week for a great reason and ian just like cracked his second or third vertebrae i guess over oh, there jeez patreon poll topic as well ian how was your weekend it was delightful i uh <laughs> when you say delightful delightful you said in a very morose way delightful got a new job not at luna anymore that was uh that was the thing i couldn't i didn't want to talk about last week so that's, congratulations that's big i'm proud it's of big. you it's big i'm, I'm... Oh, wait, wait, wait. is it is it big 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 news you ruined it i'm never doing it again um why would i ever do it again when you have a button you can press i have three buttons big big news <laughs> wow um, so yeah, I'm very excited. I don't really want to talk about it a whole ton. Um, I'll probably talk about it more when I'm actually done at Luna and I'm not going to talk about what my new job is not on here, but I'm very excited to finally move on to not have the 11 to eight schedule anymore, uh, to not have to do trade-ins anymore. This could be a whole topic eventually when looking could back be. at your, your job, like the memories. Yeah. Uh, there'll, there'll, there'll definitely be some reminiscing you don't, you don't, you don't want to, you don't want to come correct red ring problems on the 360. No, that hasn't been a thing we've had to do for a long, well, long time. I remember for like a four-year period, that was what you were doing every fucking day of your life. Basically. Oh, yeah, that, that was. I was doing sometimes 12, 13 systems in a day. That's insane. Yeah, I mean, it, it was crazy. Um, kind of enjoyed that, though. It definitely made the You day. enjoyed that? I didn't hate it. It made the day go by putting, really quickly. Putting fucking uh, that, that anti, anti-heat shit Arctic in there. Arctic silver. Arctic silver. Arctic silver. Sounds like a condom brand. Um, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> um so, yeah, besides that, uh, played some Streets of Rage 4. Bet Ooh. you wouldn't believe that, but it's the 30th anniversary. Yes, Ian. Of the Streets of Rage series. Um, so that's great. Go play a Streets of Rage game. They're wonderful. I actually, uh, I, my, my love of Streets of Rage is fairly recent um, in terms of, like, really, really loving it. Streets of Rage 4, uh, you've heard it here many times. Greatest video game of all time. Uh, greatest game ever made. Most important video game ever made. Uh, it's not as good as my T-shirt today. Double Dragon. Yeah, it's way better it's not, than it's your T-shirt. As, no, it's not. Uh, it, it owes its, it, this is the, the granddaddy of Streets of Rage right here. But I do love the uh, original Streets of Rage games as well, particularly the soundtracks. They're fantastic. Why well, think they never did an arcade game? Yeah, it's funny too because that's I think the, in Streets in my head. I think of Streets. I think in yeah. Streets of Rage two. There's bare knuckle arcade machines. I think they're in Streets of Rage three. They're definitely in Streets of Rage four. So like in all in most of the actual Streets of Rage games, they show Streets of Rage arcade machines. But yeah, there was never a game. That's I would I would have loved to have seen a Streets of Rage game like I guess they, take they, advantage of the big sprites from back then. And I guess all that. Sega realized that. I mean, they did Golden Axe obviously. That was but that was a little bit earlier. And that's yeah. where Hack and Slash that maybe 
our bread and butter in the arcade is not stuff that we're selling on the home console. You know, we're keeping it separate, maybe. Sure. Maybe that's what it was. But it, it just stri- strikes me as weird because that's very much an arcade style game. And I mean, they were yeah. huge in the arcades at the time. But yeah, nothing. Uh, and I got a controller from, I did the whole Microsoft Design Labs thing. You weren't able to design um, a proper D-pad on yours, but I did enjoy the color scheme, Ian. Um, D-pad feels good, honestly, surprisingly. Um, anything's better than the 360 D-pad. Which that, is, that, that was miserable. The 360 D-pad is probably the worst D-pad ever. I, I, Second worst D-pad would I, probably be the Nintendo I, Pro Controller. You get on me out there. I was trying to play Street Fighter, uh, whatever the one of the, what was it, Street Fighter, whatever the fuck. Four. No, no, no. No, the one that they did, the, 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 the Street Fighter 2 online one on 360. I bought it, and then, like, the fucking pain to throw a Shoryuken with using that D-pad put me off of that pretty damn quick. Easily one of the um, worst D-pads I've ever used. I mean, yeah. just miserable. It's a circle. It's like there's barely an indentation for, like, the, the, the cross on well, that. Well, that was the problem. Yeah, yeah. It was a circle, but it was also the way they raised the, um, the way the, uh, the the plastic raised around the circle oh, yeah. it actually made it very hard for like a lot of times you would simply miss hitting the contacts because you would you, your thumb would hit the that that plastic border there are people I and, I, and I and I did it with one too yeah there are people I who I, I took I took a a sharp uh, I took an exacto knife and I I I widened it and then I scraped it down because yeah, that was the only that. way to it was the only way to use that thing so anyway so I'm glad you got your controller yeah. what, what color scheme was it I did a uh, purple and uh, electric blue ice blue and uh, I just wanted to Not say Arctic I was, silver no I was surprised because it came in quickly uh, they said I wasn't going to get it until August 19th and I got it on the second so. uh, okay. Um, that was nice. Is that, is that like a, your own birthday present, basically? Kind of, yeah. I needed a What, what do those things cost to do a custom? Uh, not a ton. It was 67 bucks. So the that's contro- what a new costs. The controller is usually right? 60 So 7 bucks plus so, the shipping extra. So what can you customize? I, I did see someone with a real D-pad on one of theirs. So can that no, so that was um, the Xbox One controller oh. had a real-looking D-pad. It's okay, but it's kind of clicky. It's okay. it's low profile, like, so that's not perfect either. Didn't the, didn't the Nintendo patent expire on the D pad? Like, why can't someone just say we want to do the D pad? Like, 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 like they don't want to admit Nintendo got it hundred percent correct. I guess. Um, but yeah, you can color the front plate, the back plate, your triggers, your joysticks, buttons? and then you have you can't choose individual button colors, but you have like sets? four or five different sets All to right. choose from. I'm down. I'm yeah. down. It's the original Nintendo Power Sticker, basically customized. Was like the original oh yeah, co- the original customization. <laughs> Give you some stickers for your NES controller. The only thing I'd say about it is, I think it they only do it for a limited time because I know oh. they, I know that, I know that that wasn't, uh, it wasn't just open during the Xbox One era. So if you want to do it, I would get on it sooner than later. Oh, okay, get on it. So what did Pat do? Ian always asks, "What did you do, Pat?" Watch the Olympics. I loved, I love the Olympics. We won gold in women's. Uh, Discus, I love discus. I love, I love the stuff that goes back to ancient Greece, goes back two thousand years. I love those. I love the events. I watched a little bit of women's wrestling. We, 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 we dominated that. I think her name is uh, her last name is Gray. Is it Valerie Gray? Something, something. You gray. like the shot put? You like the javelin? Yeah, I like all those events. I like. There's no meaning to those. Like javelins, like yeah, they used to throw spears and kill people. And javelins, that made sense. The shot put. I don't know what that, where the hell the shot put comes from. You weren't throwing like mini lead balls at your enemies in ancient Greece, but it's cool as hell. You might have been. You might. You might have been. <laughs> Load them up and, and toss them in a huge arc. You weren't there. I wasn't. <laughs> you weren't there, Pat. Get the tortoise. Uh, 
configuration with, with, your, with your soldiers. And then the steeplechase was on yesterday. Steeplechase, which we talked if about. If you ever play track and field two, which they called hurdles there, is the weird event where there, it, you, you know, it's, this is 1500 meters, which is, you know, whatever the mile thing, or just under the mile, four laps basically, just about. And you run around normally, and then there's, they're, they're, not, they're like larger hurdles. They're hurdles that are like, go across like five lanes, six lanes. There's just like 10 racers at once at Staplechase, or sometimes more. And they're thick enough that you can jump on these hurdles to jump off of them. So there's like four of those around the track, but then they, there's an inset, like they don't go around the whole track. They cut through then this area where there's another hurdle, but then for some reason there's a water hazard, like it's golf. There's a pool of fucking water that slopes down towards the hurdle and then slopes out where you want to jump on the hurdle and jump. So you're going to land in the, in the puddle, but you want to land a more shallow end of the pool, basically. And, but some people trip and fall face first into the puddle. I don't know where this this came from. This event, it's bizarre that it's they, that they have a pool of water. I think what they do is they like it might be like the long jump pool that or long jump area, then they fill the water in there when the sand's on there. But it's but I've never seen this in, in person before. Like I never saw like a high school track that had like a fucking pool area. Someone uh, someone insists uh, that you can do steeplechase in high school. Okay, we saw that, but it's fascinating because it's another element than just running. The uh, event originated in Ireland. Okay. Uh, horses and riders raced from one town's steeple to the next. Yes, but on horseback. This is not horseback. <laughs> Along the way, runners inevitably had to jump streams and fl- it said it said riders. Oh, horses and riders. I don't know. They adapted it. Yeah. Along the way, the runners see. I mean, within one sentence, they have changed from horses and riders to runners. So over time, well, it changed to just people. I'm still trying to find the <clears throat> the modern. Uh, uh, pentathlon, pentathlon, which is again uh, shooting, horseback riding, swimming, fencing, and am uh, I missing one? Running. So uh, Frank says because you were a scout, like in the Napoleonic era, that was simulating how hard it was. Like you're you're on your horse, your, heart, your horse gets shot out from under you. Then you gotta you gotta fight a guy fencing face to face. Then you gotta like shoot someone. I'm like that's actually pretty freaking cool. Wow. To, do, to do all these different events. Uh, just uh, random history, Olympic oh. history uh, for you. Um, since the 1968 Summer Olympics, the men's steeplechase has been dominated by Kenyan athletes. Until last night. Yeah. They didn't get first or second. That's crazy. I think they got the bronze. Yeah. Gold medal streak from 88 through 2016. Not anymore. Kenyans. It was a guy from, uh, it was, was it somewhere, somewhere in North Africa, I think. Trying to remember, the, but they were they were shocked. Not shocked, but they like, okay, this guy's pretty good at it. But like, so yeah, the but... Kenyans have lost steeplechase. That means we're gonna get we're gonna fucking screw up basketball. Here it goes. Oh, is that that's like it's happening like right now, or it's yeah. already happened? Would that happen already? I don't know, but I'm just I'm saying it's probably gonna happen. And this is the uh, CU Olympics podcast. Yeah, you think there's some podcasts that just cover the Olympics every every two years? It probably is. Well, we got a, we got a short layoff. After this, was four months later, it begins again. This is over five months later. Um, I want France. Yeah, France won eighty four to seventy five. So we're not getting a medal. <laughs> heads, heads. Oh, will, holy shit! Heads. Oh will, no, that's France versus Italy. I'm sorry. Oh Jesus Christ! Sorry. I was saying. Say, if we don't get a medal, at least heads will roll. Sorry, sorry. If France versus Italy was uh, today, and France won. Okay. Yeah, we're we're we're, we're facing. Um, I thought we were facing France. I thought we were too. We're, we're saying Spain. 
Spain. Uh, I think I think it's Spain. Spain's one of the top three. Or they are like second, Spain. US Spain. Yeah, this is this is touch and go this year on, on the uh Yesterday, US won ninety five to eighty one. Against who? Spain. Oh, so we're in the semis. Yeah. Okay, I missed this is the problem with the time things. They show the stuff late at night. It already happened. 12 fucking hours yeah, before, they, but never... it's the next day because J- Japan is ahead of us by like 15 or 17 hours. It's damn these time zones. Why can't we just have one time zone? Just one, one just fucking deal with it. Yeah, just, if, 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 it's, if it's dark out at noon, hey, it's your problem. Move it's somewhere else. Problem. Move elsewhere. Move elsewhere. Move, Tur- move, move where the sun is. Midnight is the new noon <laughs> wherever you are. It's fine. Oh, boy. Okay, well, that's fun. Yeah. So stuff, I, right? I watched uh, Masters of the Universe. Three episodes. Three episodes. I tried to get in the fourth. I, it was late. I fell asleep. I, I popped the CBD. Um, it's okay. It's not my style. I think this is like a modern style of cartoon that I'm not into. Sort of like the Voltron style. Of and I like the Voltron series. Um, where they like pull you with the writing. They pull you out of the setting. I'll just say that. There's a lot of uh, things that happen just with the, with the writing itself where the characters seem like they're in the modern world with things they say, but it's not in the modern world. It's whatever. It's fucking Eternia. And I don't like that. It, it, like there's, it, the immersion quality goes away when there's like a pithy, cute statement by someone that's like you would never hear that any of the other characters say that. But I do like the, the, the battles are cool. I liked how they worked in a lot of these minor characters just to throw them in there. Oh, they throw in Stinkor just for a cameo, basically. It was fun for no to see. Uh, I will say this, though, that I don't remember Tila being this unlikable in the original cartoon. She um, she is not the protagonist, at least how she's written. She was, did a lot of like weird whining in the first few episodes. And her whole the whole crux of it is that she feels, I guess, betrayed, that she was lied to, that no one told her that Adam was He-Man, even though like Adam did not want to tell anyone and swore people to secrecy. That's the crux of her getting pissed off and leaving Eternia as the present man of man of arms that used to be her dad. That she calls her dad Duncan, which is weird. I, I always get weird out when someone calls their parents by their first name, even in a cartoon. It's, it's a, a little it's, strange. It's a little weird to do that. It's disrespectful. Come on, Tila. Come on. Man in arms has a great mustache. What are you doing? Um it's legendary. The figure didn't have a mustache, though, which always bothered me. The figure was like nothing on the figure. It, was, oh, it always threw mm, me off. Yeah. Anyway, so they, so they make Tila bitter, which I don't, didn't like that. There's ways to show her that she's over-returned without making her totally bitter for such a weird reason. It's like He-Man just, Adam just gave his life. I'm going to make it about me. That's the way it came off, and that was weird. Um, they're trying to make her soften her up in the other episodes. She finally, you know, it, it, I think they got off on the wrong foot with Tila. I like the the second character they had, the friend character, the tech tech gal mm-hmm. that they had. Like her too. That's that's a decent character, uh, but Tila's not likable. You, you have to have a likable protagonist. I think they could have they could have like gotten to that point. I think a little bit differently, where they had her be bitter and leave, and and, and she's like turns. Her, she's supposed to be like the protector of the realm, and she turns her back on everything. It's just a very selfish reason that I didn't buy it. There, I just didn't buy it. Um, Skeletor was cool. Obviously, Mark Hamill voicing it. He man's he man, you know. Um, and I guess I'll see where it goes the last two episodes. But overall, overall, I think it's all right. I'm not in love with it. I do like the, all the. I like working in the cameos. And uh, the, the thing about Evil Lynn trying to make Evil Lynn likable, I'm just kind of. They do this with a lot of these things where they try to make the villains like likable and give them like a backstory. But I, I'm just. I don't know. That's just not for me to do that. 
I, I, Heaven I just forbid thought, a character I, have depth. No, it's not just de- it's not depth. It's just that wow, like they they try to play off the fact that well, her name's Evil Lynn, and then they had like a heart to try to do a heart to heart with Orko, and I think that's when I tapped out. The Evil Lynn heart to heart with Orko was like this is so weird and, on so many levels, and I sort of tapped out at that point. Like okay, it's like it's almost like a formula they do. I think with some of these uh, cartoons where. Like, I don't need super depth. I don't need my villain humanized to the point where I got to rethink why Evil Lynn was acting in my children's cartoon in the 80s. Like, I don't need that. But so, you, don't, like, you don't have to think that. You can just watch it. No, but they're throwing it in your face constantly. Well, oh, uh, I was working for Skeletor, but it wasn't furthering, furthering my own needs. And it's like, dude, this is a children's cartoon. You're, you're a sidekick, like Beast Man. But it's not at this point. But that's why there's that's why this is a weird thing in general. All right, you're you're trying to make it an adult cartoon when it, when, when it never was supposed to be, and you you run into pitfalls like I said, like the Tila thing. We're, we're making Tila a bitter heroine when she wasn't ever bitter originally, and it's just yeah. But the action's cool. The action's cool. Mark Hamill did a great job. They throw in Scareglow, which is a cool character. I don't think it was ever in the original cartoon. Now it's a figure I had as a kid that's not worth a ton of money. Scareglow. He's like a glow-in-the-dark-looking Skeletor. The yeah. skin was glow-in-the-dark. And now it's like one of the most popular figures. And I fucking had it as a kid. Now it's, that figure's like $100. Wow. It's one of the later ones. It came out in like 80... I want to say 87 or so, like on the, on the backslide of the life of the... The tail end of, the, of the, like the, the toy line, basically. Yeah. Like that and Mosquito are like two of the most popular figures that are worth money. But they were like not cartoon guys, I don't think. They were like after the cartoon. You know, mosquito with the mosquito face, because mm-hmm. these are ones that people love. I'm like, wow, these are like one of the probably the last figures I had as a kid when she got to like eighty six, eighty seven. Then I was out of He Man, and I transitioned just to GI Joe, pre Ninja Turtles. So yeah, that's my that's my Master Universe card. It's fine, it's not perfect, obviously, and um, they made they yeah. There's it's actually a little more violent than I thought it'd be. I don't know what's gonna happen in the last two episodes. I was kind of surprised about the violence in it. Sure. Not not gory over the top, but I'm like, again, I'm like trying to square this being a kid's cartoon. It's like, eh, I guess if they brought back G.I. Joe, there'd be people being shot in the face, I, I guess. Happened in, the, happened in the comics. Comics, the comics, G.I. Joe with comics was violent. People were getting shot and killed, so. All right. I, 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 I pre-ordered the play date. Yeah, I did too. Uh, so. I was, at, I, was, I was shopping at Sprouts, and Ian says, oh, I ordered it. You better get your order. And I, by the time I came home and ordered it, it was, it, the first batch of 20000 was gone. 20 minutes they sold out. 20, 20 minutes. 20 minutes, 20000 1000 a minute. Doing math. Ian math. Doing math right now, right here, hot and live. Um, the pre-order process for me was really straightforward and easy. I would love to applaud them on that. Uh, they did have problems with international shipping. That was a big issue where I guess a lot of people was were locked out. Big, big issue? No, Pat. Um, it was, I mean... It wasn't a big, big issue, though. It was a big issue. <laughs> and I think they, they, they said it had to do like, like the plug-in or something they were using. With so the I think they were using Shopify, and basically they had, what, what I had read, they had basically warned Shopify and said, hey, we're doing this. And Shopify was like, okay. And the tests appeared like everything was going to be fine. And I guess some other company that used Shopify also did a big product launch at the exact same time. And it broke the server or whatever. And or it, something it broke. broke the server. And so there was shipping calculator issues, um, which is also, oddly enough, shipping calculator was where people pointed to problems when 
um, Analog did the pocket pre-orders. People were getting hung up on the shipping calculator. So something with that going on with either Shopify or, or I, e- I, e-commerce. I don't, I don't think both of them were Shopify, but yeah, it seems like when problems arise, they, they happen at the shipping calculator. Because probably, everyone's getting hit at the same time, the servers, and they go wacky. Yeah. So uh, the word is, I believe they sold something like seventy thousand within two within the first twenty four hours. That's that's insane. That's crazy. Um, obviously, you know, uh, much more interest in this thing than I think they had in, uh, originally thought. Um, I think they kind of got to the. I think they set themselves up properly. They said they were, you know, for a, I think like a year now they've been saying they're going to do twenty thousand. That's going to be the first run. Well, they don't think they're going to sell out. But it definitely seemed like the excitement level of this thing was getting um, it was was getting to the well, point where they were going to go beyond twenty k. This is what they actually said. Playdate. Um, oh no, sorry. That's that's like the that was their wait list tweet from two years ago. I put in seventy thousand. That's what came up. I'm trying. I'm trying to see where the where the seventy thousand came from on this. Well, they had seventy thousand people on their wait list two years ago, so that makes if that if that translates to seventy thousand sales, that's like a really high. Yeah, I don't know. Rate. I I had seen seventy thousand in a couple articles. I thought that I did not put down. So take that with a grain of salt. I don't have the uh the. But the, it's a lot. The if, proof they, if, they do, if they do twenty thousand in twenty minutes, yeah. My, my order was twenty three thousand roughly, so I'm going to be the twenty third thousandth. A play date, so I'll get the one in the second batch, and I guess Q1 2022. You know, so um, and I'm annoyed. And I'm annoyed because like I, I was excited about this, and I'm like I don't want to miss the, the the games as they come out. This is what I was going to bring up. Yeah, you don't want to miss the games. I mean, you're gonna get them, but like I, you want to be part of. I want to be part uh, of the experience. Yeah, that, that, so that that's part the, of the culture. That's the main thing that I think will will need to be seen is how exciting is it going to be for the people who get them after the fact to have 12 games dumped on there who didn't get to be part of the initial release obviously these games should be good enough to stand on their own and be amusing no matter what but there is i mean a big part of what appealed to me about the play date and a big part of what made me excited to get in on that initial batch was um the the release the way they're releasing the games and uh frank cefaldi even said the same thing um, in a tweet, you know, basically it, it, the the exciting thing is we're all going to be playing these games at the same time and yeah. commenting on uh, it like like you do with Prestige TV or something like that. It's the first time where uh, it, and it's going to be fast. It's going to be every week. It's going to keep the conversation yeah. going. So it's going to be very interesting six to see how it. that six months of games, 20 months. They're doing two games a week. It's three. Oh, months. it's two games. But I thought it was one a week. It okay. was one a week until they expanded the first season, and now it's two games a week. Oh, but it's I, still three months. I would have kept it one a week. And you just expand it out. Still three weeks. Um, I, think, I think. Hey, play that. I'm not saying you got to. I got to help you with marketing. I would keep it one a week, because then you can expand out. I think I'm sure going. they've thought about it. I'm just saying. I'm here. <laughs> I'm happy with two. So because with two, you're gonna have probably one be dominant, or you, I, I don't want people comparing the games. Oh, this one's better than this one. Like that's gonna happen now, just because people are stupid. I don't want that. People will live and learn. Um, people don't learn. People do. We're Never. not going to get out of this pandemic because people don't learn. Let me make my statement. The last thing oh, I wanted to say about that. Playdate was uh, they said that they're trying to figure out something for the international market, uh, a way to kind of uh, make right. So I don't know if they're going to portion off a chunk of the next run and open pre-orders just for those to international orders or what they're going to do. But they have said that they do plan on doing something for the people who felt slighted by the fact that they could not place their order, even though they were in line and ready at the right time. So thankfully we'll see. There's not, I only saw like one or two 
on eBay, people trying to scalp their first oh, 390 for the 2021 release. Go go after yourself. I hope they find you and cancel your pre-order. Find out who you are. Yeah. I only, I only saw one. That's why, why open pre-orders are great. Did you get the little... I get the little cover. I, I didn't care if it was a little up upsell. I got the little cover. Yeah, no, I got the cover. Right. Like 15 bucks, whatever it was. Uh, it was $9 if you bought it to get, if you bought oh, it, it as was, a package. They bundled it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, just, I just got it. I'm, I'm going to get the stupid little speaker thing. It looks cute. Mm-hmm. I will too. You got, you got you hooked me, Playdate. You hooked me. You hooked me. I'm gonna say that. And of, and of course you have people's. I know why people are going out of their way. Some some idiots to say why they don't like it that much. And it's like there's obviously lots of interest in this. This has been hugely successful. You know, like if this goes for a year and this, I mean, maybe they sell hundreds of thousands of these. Like you don't know where this ends up. That's for for an independent game console. That's incredibly successful. And they're, they're doing it in such a way with these simple games that they can keep an ecosystem going for a long while, plus people making their own games they could tap into the community. Like, this is going to be around for years now. They've tapped into something. And obviously, other little mini handhelds have had their own little, you know, their own little uh, ecosystems in a way, but they, they hit upon something here. Well, it doesn't have cornhole, so how good can it possibly do? My, Ian, my heart's still, still aching. Don't, 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 don't joke about that. Don't joke. That's, some things we don't joke. It's too soon. It's too soon to joke about cornhole. Now you get thrown off the rest of the podcast. Uh, congratulations to our pal Chris Bucci, Spider One A on YouTube for the, the final Turbo Views episode. Chris that, has been doing that's a lot of them since I think he, he told me 2008 was the first episode. It wasn't branded Turbo Views till 2009. So 12, 13 years, 135 every North American Turbo Graphics 16 and CD game. A great review with his uh, great little quirky sense of humor and good information really dives into the, the, the nuts and bolts and the details and behind the scenes stuff. And the same style of video from 12 or 12 years, the same style of video. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. I haven't watched a lot of the recent ones, but um, turbo views was one of the very few YouTube game related series that I ever watched. I liked his presentation. Um, fun guy to talk to, too, and he knows a lot about pinball. So yeah, I'm happy for him. He's going to do other videos. Uh, obviously, his last one it was Ease 3 was his, the last episode. I asked if we're going to get the three bikini CD games. That don't count, unfortunately. Those, those wouldn't be funny as a bonus episode. Uh, local Hawaiian girls. Uh, I always forget the three names because they're like bikini girls or whatever, and there's like a third one. I do own one sealed, by the way. Got to get that graded. So Dr. Mario World will be unplayable after November 1st, which gives it what? It had a two-year run? Good, A good two-year run. Yeah, seems very strange. I played it for like two weeks. I wasn't into it. Um, I, I uh, liked it well enough from what I understand. And I played I it longer than Mario Kart Tour, World Tour. I don't play a lot of um, phone games, but from what I understand, um, Dr. Mario World was very similar to Candy Crush. It was a match three. It's right. not, well, it's different. I mean, it, it, it is. It's different with how the bubbles work and stuff like that. It was unique. I enjoyed it. Um, I played, I think, through all of the free levels. Uh, sure. I played it, which was a, quite a bit. It gave you quite a bit. And then I, I kept up on it for like a week, but I stopped. I just, I never go back to my phone for gaming. Um, interesting, though, that Nintendo's calling it in. I, I, I feel like that's relatively quick. But maybe the money wasn't there for them. I just, I don't understand. It's weird to me that games are un. Uh, instead of just leaving it up there, it's going to be unplayable. I don't know. That's weird. I mean, how much money does it cost you to keep the game up and I, running? I'd love to see like them looking at. Okay, well, it costs us this amount of man hours and this amount of time. It's not worth it. 
or, or they don't want to farm it out to someone else to track it. I don't know. But, you know, it, it is weird now we're going to get to the point where even Nintendo stuff, two years, then it's unplayable. Hopefully someone could, like, you know, find a way to keep it playable, make their own server to connect it. I don't know. This is a game preservation issue, obviously. That's becoming more and more prevalent. It's only a 10-year issue. We only had you know, smartphones for only a little over 10 years. Yeah. But... Um, so the English account for Dr. Mario World did announce that there's uh, one final world. Um, it's got thunder and lightning, and it's purple and spooky looking. Thunder! So, uh, you know, I think it's like one last world full of uh, very challenging levels, and uh, that's it. So, You know what's always going to be up? UltimateNintendo.com will always be available. The servers ain't going down. There you can get uh, <laughs> Super Nintendo guidebooks. RBI baseball stickers. Uh, from a roll of 2,000 of them, not 2,000 anymore, roughly, and enamel pins. Yeah. Was that a better transition last week, Ian? It was a fine transition, but it didn't tickle my funny bone like some well, of them have. Oh, are you going to start rating these? Yeah. I mean, you going to start rating these? I already have been in my head. I mean, obviously, I'm judging them. Wow. I'm, I'm silently judging the entire podcast. No, it's not silent anymore. It's not. You're, you're it's verbalizing. Out loud, verbalized it. judgment. It's verbalized judgment. It's very hurtful. Spitting facts. Just like your cornhole. Cornhole. I don't want I'm gonna I'm gonna fucking beep out the word. Uh, my heart is torn up. <laughs> my heart is torn like a bean bag from cornhole. It's torn. Oh, oh, oh. And, and the beans are flying all around wow. now. It's torn asunder. Um, Shuri Bear, who's a speedrunner. Oh, this is impressive. This is good yeah, stuff. Yeah, Ian right skipped here. this for some reason before to go to Doctor Mario World. Oh, did I? Yeah, you did. Whoops, I didn't um, mean yeah, to. Yeah, okay. You didn't mean to insult me either with the cornhole. Um, so the first ever. That we know of. He even says that. We know of. I'm, I'm sure some crazy kid tried, maybe tried this in the, in the late 80s, early 90s. The first ever playthrough of Ninja Gaiden using Mattel's Power Glove. Yeah. And it's incredible. It is. Um, you should definitely watch this. Give it a shot. Um, just to see what the guy's working with uh, in terms of like how he has to play this. Very like yeah, the exaggerated movement. Yeah, the Power Glove works. People don't want to ever set it up and, and get the bars on. The power glove works, but it's it's shoddy. That's the problem. You can't really use it for many games and actually be competitive. That's the problem. Yeah, you're not going to get like you know the one to one movement. Or well, it's just that it's it's not going to be precise, like I mean, yeah. or, not, or quick enough to even do like Rad Racer, probably. So just you know. running back and forth, he's wildly swinging his hand. Yeah, you have to move left it and like right. two feet, but like you flick your finger for jump and flick the uh, the second one for you know to to, to slice. And um, I'm not even sure how he used uh, – he wasn't even using the, the B-plus up power-ups because I don't know how the hell you would do that in this game. Trying to think about how you would – you have to hold, like, a, a finger and flick up to do that. So, so of course, what gives him the most problems, what gives me problems to everyone, is world – excuse me, stage 6-2 is a fucking yes. nightmare with the flying ninjas, the somehow with jetpacks throwing stars at you while the birds are flying at you. And it's so incredibly unfair at that stage. And that's the hardest part of the game. And that's not even like the end of the game. It's close to the end. It's like most of the way through. But And he took like 20 minutes on that. It only took him an hour or 10 minutes to do this, by the way. He flew through some errors or flew as much as you can. Because when you're a speedrunner... I mean, I'm sure there's some practice involved. <laughs> well, when you're a speedrunner, you know how to do avoidance. And so like if you're just running forward and jumping and sliding, like, But for the precise movements back and forth, that's where it's impressive. Like I didn't even... I'm looking look at him try to do the final boss right now with this and see how he even does it. I guess you can run up and just jump and... Slice. I was never that good with the final boss in terms of the timing. I was just like spam it and then hopefully win. You know, I wasn't good uh, there, but let's see. 
Yeah, he just went up and just used, he used the jump and slash. Yeah. The jump and slash, yeah, he used the jump and slash. So he held on to it. That's my problem when I play Ninja Gaiden, is that I never know. I always screw myself and get rid of the jump and slash, which is the, like the overpowered power-up, which helps you through 90% of the game. And he know, he, as a speedrunner, he knows where it is and not where to jump and hit to get rid of that power-up. So that helped him. I'm not, I'm not diminishing his, his, his comment. I'm saying jump and slash makes Ninja Gaiden a lot, in, a lot easier, obviously. Oh, I played, he played the Japanese version for some reason. Interesting. Hmm. So, I wonder uh, why. Good for you, Shuri Bear. Good for you, buddy. Good job. You can see, it was hard. I don't know if this is the first time he, he yeah, the first time he did it. Like, he, he did it live in stream. And yeah, I mean, it takes me an hour. It probably takes me longer to beat Ninja Gaiden than it took him to using the power glove. Uh, anyway. Um, a Tetris board game, Ian. It's interesting. Yeah, so there's going to be a Tetris board game coming out. I don't know a whole lot about it. Um, it was interesting, though, because I saw it, and it reminded me of the fact that this is not the first Tetris board game. I had one when I was a kid. And I don't know if this is just like a, uh, a remake of it um, or how it actually plays, but it's visually appealing at the very least. Uh, it comes with like four clear... Um, <clears throat> four like clear plastic bins or pits um with stands and you can put the pieces on them and it looks like they clip in so i'm not exactly sure how you play it but it's neat it's neat looking um so what do you you go back and forth to see like like you i guess if there's more than one player it'll say okay you both get different pieces and you try to do your own puzzles in order to yeah how do you easily get rid of the lines there's like a little line thing I don't know. I don't think I don't. I don't know that that has anything to do with it. Honestly, I, um, I think with the one that I had when I was a kid. Now I'm not sure that we ever played it properly, but I think it was more oh. about seeing how many pieces you could fit on the board. Okay, there's a set of cards for victory conditions: six completed rows, four, ah. four pairs of matching and connected tetrominoes, uh, four completed rows by by playing that one awesome long tetromino. Tetromino. God, I hate that. Uh, you get the idea. That's what it says. You get the idea. <laughs> so there's a victory condition for each round. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, because obviously you don't want to, you know, slice off pieces of your little Tetris pieces. No, no. So that's cool. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know how it'll play, but I think it's pretty. It's nice. By the play. way, I'll be on Twitch Wednesdays. Twitch.tv/slash/countrycode. Forgot forgot to plug that there. Um, <clears throat> in television, out there uh, in television Europe, Hans Ipich. Who's like the head of like the, the European division out in Germany? Posted a video um, showing off um, a sneak peek. Sneak peeks spelled properly for once, which is good. Mm. They, they, they figured out that's uh, that's what's called a homonym. The word peak mm-hmm. it sounds the same. Two different spellings and meanings. Uh, sneak peek. So went to the factory. I believe someone told me it's in Poland. The factory. They're manufacturing what's called physical products for the television Amico because they're way past the point where they probably can legally claim it's physical media, even though the CEO was saying forever that it's physical media when it's not. It's physical products. So they show boxes being shrink-wrapped in the factory. There's there's eight games, Dynablaster, Biplanes, um, was it Astro Smash, Brain Duel, Missile Command, Biplanes, Rigid Force, Redux, Finnegan Fox, e- Evil Knievel, My Nemesis, Dino Blaster, and there's another one. Um, so 
I think I, I, they're doing the first run of 50,000 of these things. Um, months before this is supposed to be out. Um, so you ask yourself, why are they doing this? I mean, months after it was supposed well, to be out. Well, yeah, 10 months after the original We really set. need to stop acting like this has not missed two release dates and is about uh, to miss a thing. So this is what I think is going on here. Because why are, this, this isn't coming out in October. And I'm not sure why they have, they're delaying the I think they're trying to pump up this news in order to cover the fact that they're going to delay it. Like, oh, here's a shiny object. We got boxes filled with RFID cards, but we're not. But you won't be able to use them in any system. But so I think they're going to try to sell these to the collectors, to the, the people on Atari Age, and and the and the, you know the people that are like diehard fans of this for some reason, and Tommy's fans. They need money to support the company, probably to keep it afloat. So they're, they're going to sell. These are $20 each they're going to cost. This is a round of funding. That's what that's what this is. This is a round of funding. It's going to be some sort of funding. And I think they're going to try to sell these. There's some, I'm, I'm sure most of the people are going to buy every single one. So that's $160 gross revenue. Some people will probably buy two. They'll keep one in their you know, seal like collector. And they'll, so they'll spend 320 bucks to get 16 of them. Can't wait till we see WADA graded in television Amico games. Yeah. Um, they're going to try to bank probably on, you know... Maybe they're gonna get an influencer to, to open one up and show it off. I don't. I'm trying to feign how they're gonna be excited about this. Tom and, Tom has been saying for months now that he, uh, he's got a very special reveal plan that's going to showcase it to millions of viewers. My head hurts thinking about how bad this is. I mean, my. I mean, I'm not even trying to be like like disparaging. My head hurts about how bad a situation this is for this company at this point. But it's really weird that you would do this sneak peek before you announce that your console where you use your physical product on is delayed. It, it's just like, what are you going to wait till like October 1st to say it's not coming out? Like what, like what are you waiting for? It's also weird that a sneak peek literally just showed boxes being sealed and did not show what's inside because everything's got to be secret. Everything's got to be dripped out. Everything's got to be held off for those and- in the know. And if this influencer, whoever they spend money on to show this off, which will, will not be interested in this otherwise, obviously, how possibly do you think their audience would care if they have millions of or millions of followers? They're not the generation that grew up with the television, obviously. Those, these are Zoomers and, and younger folks. They're going to look at this and laugh. Like, what is this? Like, what is this? Wow, it's a card. You're getting a card in a box. I think the best case scenario for this is it's going to have a non-expirable license. Basically, the only thing I could see being even remotely unique about this is that um, if you tap it, that's it's not a one and done. Is what it's I'm not saying. a one and done. So, so that maybe you can resell it. But um, then that that'd be piracy though at that point. Well, they I I I they I, they I, I almost have a feeling that they're willing to deal with a little bit of piracy to say that they have something. Then unique. again, you you won't find someone in the same town that has an amico, so it probably doesn't matter. So like, that that's that's I think that might be the one thing that's up the sleeve is that you can use it on yours, you can use it on your friends, well, maybe you can sell it back. But at the end of the day, the problem comes down to um if you need an internet connection to download this it's not what people want just spend half the money and buy at the store then if you if you really want evil can evil spend whatever it got it's gonna be ten dollars for for what's free on mobile spend the ten dollars not twenty dollars to get a fucking lenticular card or whatever it's probably going to be in order to send the signal to tell it to download it from whatever 
downloads to your console, then unlocks from your console, whatever, however it's going to work. Because obviously most of these games are, are small or smallish, you know. Um, it's bizarre, but system's not the system's coming out in October. So at this point, it's still coming out in October. I'll say this: I really don't mind the bo- design on the boxes. I think the artists they hired did a pretty decent job. Yeah, it, it's it's a uh, you know it's obviously a mix of the old painted style, yeah, modernized. No, I'm not going to again. I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I'm not taking shots at the people who are just doing their job. I'm just taking shots. It, at Tom. it looks like a digipack. It is, and I'm one of um, the few people that actually likes digipacks. That's how I do my DVDs. The digipacks. I like digipacks. I, I like the art. Um, not a lot of room in there to hide goodies, though. They've already said that uh, there's more than it? just a code. What do you mean? What goodies? They put in like Cracker Jack prizes. What do you mean? Yeah, I don't know. What can you fit in there? A sticker? But they've said there's more than just the game in there. There's a goodies. manual? Prob- a manual? Uh, I think Tom said that they weren't doing manuals. You can't even do manuals? On your physical, re- I feel like physical if, product? I feel like at the, in, in this day and age, if you're going to make a big deal about doing a special edition physical, you've got to put a printed manual in. That's one of the reasons, that's one of the things that people always mention about the Evercade releases is, hey, they come in nice yeah, plastic clamshells and they have full color manuals. Yeah, okay, people got, like that shit. I got one right here. Look at the cute little manual. And it tells you about all the games in it. Look at Mappy. I turned to Mappy. Case in point. Turned to Mappy. Full color manual. An actual cartridge that goes in the system that doesn't require an internet connection. Yeah. And a plastic I case. Mean, there's only like one page per game or sometimes two, but at least you're getting something here. You get something. And they're you nicely laid out and designed. No, they're cute. They're adorable. They're adorable. All right. I'm done talking. I don't want to talk about the Amico anymore. <laughs> it makes me sad. I'm not recovering from this cornhole thing anytime soon. Yeah, I know. Hole in my heart that can only be filled by cornhole. There's a hole in my heart that can only be filled by you. Hey, Patton, fuck you. Oh, yeah. All right. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. All right. We got a podcast, don't we? Yeah, we do. Ian, we have an update to the... Update. From Polly Mega themselves. Play Magi. Play Magi? Play Magi. Play Magi. Play to the upcoming... Way delayed late modular emulation based retro console. August 2nd, 2021, for immediate release. <laughs> uh, Polymega is launching officially on September 12th. I, I don't know what launch date number this is for them, um, but it's coming out. Uh, they had apparently suffered. Many, many, many delays uh, due to uh, civil unrest in Myanmar and uh, problems with COVID. Um, We've talked about this before. I don't really feel like shitting on them anymore. I will just say that I I found that their communication method, their their, uh, communication to be severely lacking, and most people did too. Uh, On the other hand, I think they realized that they had maybe talked them, they had done so much talking and so much saying this month, next month, a couple months, that I, I, I do think there is something to be said about just not saying anything until you have something to say, which is what they did. They came out of nowhere and they were like, all right, we've got a bunch of these in the, in the, uh, these, we got our first shipment in the warehouse and we're going to be sending them out soon. Um, 
I don't think that's a good thing to do for most businesses, but after the amount of talking that Playmaji did, I don't think there was much more that they could say. Well, Either way, I don't think it was – It was a, the whole thing has looked like a mess. When you say the amount of talking, they haven't talked in like a year and a half. What do you mean? Well, because they kept delaying it and delaying it and delaying it. So I think by waiting until they had something in their hands, it made sense. I'm not saying it was a – I'm not saying anything looks good. I think you're, you're, you're taking this as too much of a compliment. Um but they, yeah, they've announced it and it's getting okay. released. And so if you care, yay. As a reminder, you'll be yeah, getting it. This was supposed to come out in 2019 somewhere. 2019, like, it was announced like initially in 2016, I think. I saw the prototype at SoCal Retro Gaming Expo that was like Super Bowl weekend 2017. February, two, four and a half years ago, I saw the prototype. And it was originally supposed to be called Retro Blocks, right? It was Retro Blocks back then. Then yeah. there was some, some trademark thing. They had to change it to Polymega. But f- this has been in development for. Probably over half a decade. Um, When this was announced, I I needed to see... I wanted to see pricing and stuff like that. Um, But when it was announced, it was originally supposed to be an extremely accurate, modular, um, HDMI-compatible solution for basically modern gaming or retro gaming on modern TVs. Yeah, it started off as it was, oh, this might be like an FPGA thing. And people were like, oh, this would be interesting. Um, as time went on, it changed its name, and the I, basic idea behind it changed too. They, there was the, I, I think, kind of laughable announcement that they were using hybrid emulation. So, so a, lot of the, a lot of the first ire came when, right, right when they were announcing when the pre orders happening, they said, oh, this is an FPGA, this is hybrid emulation. So they claim that it was going to be like some sort of FPGA thing for like how the controller input got to the to the emulator, but there were still emulators there. So people were thrown for a loop at that point. They're like, "Wait a minute. This is what what you were yeah. talking up." People felt like they weren't being sold what they were what they were yeah. they weren't being sold what was advertised initially. Um and they also got into some heat with uh there was a little back and forth between them and analog and i like analog's products i don't always love how analog's always done everything but uh analog at least even at that point in time already had a history of releasing a couple of items i think the uh, nt mini had been out and i think the um i think maybe even the uh, the snes the sg at that point uh yeah the super Super nt and the mega sg was on the way because mega she's already been out for what over two years at this point yeah um, so yeah, it had to do with, I think they were like, they took a little shot at analog because like they're, I think it was like the 32 X CD games on the mega SG weren't all compatible or something was, there was like something that was not some of the, something like that. There was like a handful of games that weren't going to be working on the mega SG. That's what, that's how I know the timing of that. And they're like, well, but it's FPGA though. It's not emulation. So like, like, why would you take, like, don't check it, take a shot at a competitor who has shipped products out. Like there's no reason to do that. Yeah, yeah, they lashed out because people were angry at them suddenly changing the, uh, the, the, the basic concept of what the system was from FPGA to emulation. Yeah. Once you've got emulation in there, there's no hi- it's not yeah. hybrid emulation. It's emulation. Analog is the gold standard. You may not, some, I know some people don't like it for some weird reason. Analog is the gold standard with these consoles now. They are. For the aftermarket way to play original physical media, they are the gold standard. Problematically, uh, so anyways, this started out as a pretty interesting idea, at I the liked very it. least. When I saw it in person, yeah. I talked to the guys, they were nice, um, and I was like, yeah, because we always talked about we need a CD, and that was the CD, remember the CD, they tried to do that. We need a CD-based system 
to replay the CD games. Because there isn't, there wasn't one for PlayStation, for for uh, for Sega CD, for PC Engine CD, for Saturn. You know, we need something to play these. They don't exist. There's no hyperkin version. There's no retrobit version. So on that alone, I was interested. Well, in addition to that, at that point in time, there was no, there there weren't really any HDMI out options either. Um, directly, the like the at least cheaply affordable ones. The um, hyperkin retro series did not come out until after the. Uh, Polymega Retro Blocks was announced. So when all I'm trying to say is when they announced this, they were a fairly unique item in the market. As time has gone on, they have lost that uniqueness. Yeah. Now Hyperkin has, you know, uh, cheap HDMI out options that, yeah. you know, uh, th- that are cheaper than the modules. The modules alone, you need the base system, but the modules alone for the Polymega are so, expensive. So you have... You have the options through Hyperkin. You have more options now through analog. Well, the first was Pound Cable. Pound Pound Cables came out and were just like, okay, you have your own consoles. Here's an HDMI upscale cable, and they're inexpensive. They're like 20 or 30 bucks, and they came out with um, you know, uh, X, original Xbox. They came out with, with I think, Dreamcast and PS4. Pound Cables PS4. are not well loved. <laughs> but, yeah. Well, there's been improvements. They've been out for years now. I'm looking at the, PS, the PS2 one has four and a half stars on Amazon. So, like, um, the point is they, they bled the way. Hyperkin then did their cables. Other methods came in to start filling in these gaps. Well, that's what I was going to say, because back when, when Polymega announced what they were doing, the only options were high were fairly high-end um, upscalers, like the um, like the Framemeister. Sure. Now you've got your retro tinks at 100. You've got all these different, different hookup cables for the Sega Genesis, for the Nintendo, the Super Nintendo. The, all I'm getting at is the market is not where it was when this was announced. The market is now flooded with opportunities sure. to play your old systems via HDMI. Yeah, I think people are, I think people are satisfied with the pound cables now looking at the, the ratings, by the way. I'm just looking at them. I mean, we're talking about three, three and a half years after they first came out. So there's been improvements, obviously. So the, so the point is this. At the start, there wasn't a good solution at the time to use your original physical media. To, to play these games outside of, you know, like the Retron 5, where, you know, where you had like a multiple console set up. You know, there wasn't a lot of stuff out there. Yeah, the Retron 5 was um, the first of the Retron systems to do the HDMI. And app. that was what, early 2017? Probably. Was it, was it, was Maybe even Ca- 2016. Yeah, I was still in Castle Country. That's how I know. I did the review. 2016 or early 2017, something like that. So a lot, a lot happened in four years. And now when you have multiple delays, it's like, okay, I can understand the delays once you get to the pandemic, but it was supposed to come out before the pandemic. Right. It was supposed to come out two years, you know, a year and a half before the pandemic basically hit. So like you basically caused your own separate issue there. Um, then, the, then the, then the cost went up as well. And that, that annoyed people, you know? So the base unit, I always said the base unit I was, I might've been in for, for like a couple hundred bucks for, you know, just for the disc games. I didn't need the modules necessarily. Sure. I, I, you were, were going to sell me on getting every $60 or $80 module. But I believe it so, ended up being over $400 for the final uh, for the disc base, the final price for the disc-based module. And it was three originally, right? It was 300 I think it was originally supposed to be 300 and then yeah. it got up to 400 and now I think it's slightly more. So, they're, they're, yeah, I'm trying to find the store on their website. Can I even order it right now? Shop. I think you might be able to order it, but that's the other thing that this announcement doesn't. It's four forty nine yeah. now, yeah. So it's gone up pat math fifty percent from the original price of three hundred. That's a fifty percent increase. Wow, four forty nine. 
what happened with this project? There's a lot of probably, uh, probably a lot of turnover behind the scenes. I'm guessing in terms of devs, I'm not, I don't know if they misuse money. I can't make, I can't say that, but like when you have a 50% increase in your price, of your production. That's massive. I, I just wonder maybe um, if, if some bloat occurred. The operating system looks nice, but it, it also looks almost overdone. But um, maybe like – I'm but, just wondering, did development costs for the, 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 the software end up getting so bloated that they had to charge more for the For hardware? the most part, though, it's a front end, right? It's front end. Yes, it's a front end. Those exist. Our, our, our pals at LaunchBox, you know, emulator front ends, they exist. You can – they're probably not complicated to, to to at least license one or alter one. Um, that's sticker shock. At four forty nine, this is dead in the water. I mean, it's dead. I don't yeah. see anyone. And that because because then because because you have to be on you have to oh, remember you have to be on board for the base unit, and then the modules on top of that. I believe if I'm if you want to check, I I'm believe checking right I now. believe the, the modules, modules are eighty, and then they originally were I think were sixty originally the modules, and they came with the controller. They're eighty dollars now. So this is what I'm getting at. If if this isn't FPGA, and your desire is to play NES games, um, you know this is a it's a tall order at four forty nine for the base model plus eighty for the. This is then seven hundred and seventy dollars to get all four modules, the base unit. Then there's going to be shipping and tax. You're going to look at like eight hundred fifty to nine hundred dollars. Yes, that's insane. When uh, if all you want, like I said, if you wanted to just do some NES games. The standalone Hyperkin Retron HD, which plenty of people hate and plenty of people love, but whatever, it's it, it, that exists for someone. There's a market for it, believe me. Um, Thirty nine ninety nine. So even their modules aren't particular; they're they're expensive. What I'm saying is, you can get all other than the disc. You can buy stuff, separate you can, systems. You can do separate systems that are going to do modules. This. Yeah, they're less than the modules. I mean, the, the modules are pastures. The the modules are basically just um, you can get a retron readers. You can get a retron a retron three HD doing super. Regular and Genesis for ninety bucks. The, modu- the modules are crazy overpriced. The modules are just uh, a board reader for that console. The same way the Retron Five had multiple board readers for uh, sure. se- several consoles, and the controller port passer. That's all you're doing with these modules. So it's a shame. I'm not. I'm not wishing ill will on this because I think some people were excited about this. But once you get years into a project like this. The technology passes you by. Other cheaper options come out. We have so many even uh, you know mod options that are available. We talk about the Saturn, uh, you know, you, you, and things like that. Where you, you got you, the one uh, the optical drive emulators. Now. Yeah, there's the, so many. The other market solutions. has changed, and yes, I, I, I've not always been kind to Polymega for a lot of the reasons. I don't think their communication was great, etc. Um, but I do think there was a market for this at one point, and the technology has past it and the price point it just and yeah, it, you, you can't you can't, you can't have technology pass you by cheaper options and then we're going to raise the price 50 percent 50 percent on the base unit not like 20 percent 25 50 percent like you say oh well the play date increased their price yeah they increased their price by like I don't know, 50, like ten percent. I think they increased it by they increased it from one fifty to one seventy nine, but they didn't increase it with okay. nothing. They added twelve 30, more games. That, but, they added twelve more. But games. But even okay, well, I would say thirty divided by one fifty. That's all. That's a twenty percent increase. That's not fifty percent, and you're getting more stuff. So like, yeah, it's not just an increase with no nothing added. So we're gonna we're not gonna kill you because yes, there's a pandemic. Parts are harder to get, or or there are more money. You can get parts. By the way, other companies will claim. You can get the parts you want. You have to just pay a little bit more for them. 
That's why, you know, these products are still coming out. That's why you that's why you're still going to get the play date. That's why you're going to you're getting you're getting the, you know, the analog pocket. You know, you can still get this stuff made um, for the most part. But this is just like a it's it's sort of like a what if it's going to become a, like a one if like what if this did come out like say like early 2019 or whenever it was supposed to come out originally because I can't yeah. keep track anymore when this was supposed to come out. I mean, probably originally, originally they wanted this thing out in 2018. If I was looking at a, at a prototype with, with the, like the real shell in, in 2017, you know, this has been developed probably a year before that. Once you get to five years when a product's not out, my God. I mean, yeah. for hardware? So I think that this is... I, I'd, be a, I'd be surprised if they continue going after this is launched. I have a feeling they're going to get those units out into people's hands. They've said that some people aren't going to get their units until 2022. But can they maintain enough product to actually run this as a business after it launches? And that, that's, that's my question. Uh, this is what, from the press release that came out via Nintendojo, which I love that name. Uh, Playmage Play ICEO Brian Bernal said, despite the challenging shipping environment presented by the COVID-19 pandemic starting last year and other factors beyond our control at our Myanmar assembly facility, our team is excited to finally reach this critical release milestone and further we're beyond grateful to our thousands of customers who stuck with us and believe in the vision of Polymega and what it can mean to the, for the future of the video game industry. Okay. The vision of the Polymega, I don't even know what the vision is. Like, what is the vision at this point? The vision is use your original software with an emulator. It's like analog has four products now with an FPGA. Uh, there's going to be a fifth one next year with, with the duo. Mm -hmm. They're really ramping up the solutions. And if I buy, I mean, obviously it's hard. I mean, the NT noir and the mini NT goes for a ton of money to stop making them, but like, you know, $200 per console for a real FPGA People have have, been, have said that that's acceptable. Yeah. Plus, you know, and plus, like, I think there's something to be said for having like a nice design form for each of those consoles as well, versus like these plug-in. The, the module thing always was weird to me because it's like it's not. Is it really convenient that to swap out modules? And like, I just would just rather have a, a separate console at that point. At least I would. Versus popping in modules, I don't know. I don't think it's a big deal. I just but whatever. I think it's an idea past this time, though. Yes, for sure. So hopefully, hopefully the backers get this. They've been waiting for Jesus Christ. Some of the people have been waiting for three years for this thing when they first pre-ordered it. And so again, the and the first batch is going to let's see. The first batch isn't everyone to pre-order it, but it's like the first what like year and a half of people who pre-ordered the thing. So they're going to get them out to the first batch, and then after that, hopefully, they can fulfill the rest. You hope, right? You hope. You hope. So, all right, that, that's all I got to say about that. All right, Ian, we have a scumbag seller of the week, week, week. Mm. And this scumbag seller of the week is uh, is actually a platform. We haven't ever really done this, but we're going to do a little story time on the CU podcast. And uh, the culprit or perpetrator in this case is is eBay. eBay is the scumbag seller. This of comes the week. via an engrossing Boston Globe article. Right, which now I cannot access to go through it, but I did read it. <laughs> it's, it's really good that I can't access the Boston Globe uh, article that is, is big. No, I can access it. So, um, there was a couple up in up in uh, Massachusetts that Ina and David Steiner, and they've been with eBay doing uh, stuff on eBay since its earliest times, since like 
1999 is when they started. Um, they were, uh, you know, a couple that had met in college and they had been computer savvy and they learned about eBay. And basically they went around to garage sales um, buying up stuff that was, you know, collectible. Basically, these are like the, the beginnings of Internet, like collector culture. Sure. And they would go around to the garage sales, find the things that were maybe underpriced that, you know, would have a market online and they would sell them off. So they started a. Um, First was a paper newsletter. I think they said they did one issue of a paper yep. newsletter before realizing that it made more sense to do do on the internet, uh, do an yeah. online <laughs> newsletter. Yeah, because it's an online marketplace. So they did an online marketplace with like tips and tricks. Yeah, it was called sell. it was called Auction Bites. Which is a great name, by the way. I think I like that. Uh, and they later changed it to e-commerce bites. Uh, to I'm guessing to cover you know all the areas of of, of e-commerce, yeah, like Amazon stuff. But yeah, they would do like tips, tricks, talk about how to get your listing seen. Uh, they would talk about you know uh, shipping. They included a story about how you know one time uh, I believe his name was David shipped uh, you know something via Greyhound bus and saved hundreds of dollars huh. by shipping it via Greyhound bus. So they. Um, they, you know, they got popular. They were in on the ground floor. They were, you know, big within their their online scene. They had this newsletter that people liked, and it's been continuously running since. And um, they, over the years, they have certainly covered uh, eBay's changes and policies, and they have not always been. Um, They've always been they've been fairly critical of, of some of these changes. So the, the the change, I guess, the watershed moment that this article po- points out in the Boston Globe, and by the way, the article is by uh, Aaron Pressman, is that when the CEO uh, Meg Whitman left in two thousand seven, was replaced by former Bain consultant John Donahue, said eBay began to cater to larger sellers and established retailers, a trend that continued when Devin Wenig was promoted CEO in, in two thousand fifteen. The couple had pivoted their newsletter from, from how-to tips to reporting more on the changing strategy and new policies of the company. Their take on the new bay was often, though hardly exclusively, critical. And criticism didn't go down well at the firm. Prosecutors, by the way, they're following a civil suit. Um, and there's also prosecutors going after individuals, which we'll get into at eBay. There's a civil suit and there's a criminal lawsuit against eBay, which we'll get into why. This is gonna, this is, there's twists and turns of the story. Um, prosecutor said the, the harassment campaign against him started with, with uh, an incident. So basically, this couple was at home. They published a couple of uh, they published a couple of articles critical of them uh, after Whitman left. Uh, Dave Devin Wenig was promoted to CEO. Um, they posted articles specifically criticizing the fact that the CEO is making something like 215 times more than the 152 average. times. They said eBay CEO Devin Wenig earns 152 times, times that of an employee. So that's when they started getting started having problems. Uh, the first thing that happened to them was uh, they received uh, graffiti on their new fence uh, uh, that said at Fido Master, uh, which I guess was a they don't know if the person was trying to say, hey, uh, you're Fido Master or if they, they thought it was, it was a, a name from, from a person from anonymous comment- commenter on their newsletter said. Yeah, it was, it was a commenter was who, who, who commented on their critical stuff. So obviously whoever painted it was familiar with that newsletter to have done that. Right. They didn't think it was Fido Master. That person themselves wouldn't make any sense. But they were like, OK, this is weird. But, so, then, but then more stuff happened. Then they started uh, getting all sorts of junk mail. 
um, they started, uh, they got a call from a taxidermist about an order that they did not place. Um, they got a mask in the mail, uh, a bloody pig mask in the mail. Uh, at, at this, well, at it wasn't this, clear if that was a Halloween mask, but it was, it was, it was, it was, yeah. it was a, it was like a pig mask. Though. It was a pig mask. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm assuming it was probably a Halloween mask, but they got that while they were fil- filing a police report. On other stuff. On other there. stuff, because basically they had just been getting all of this this harassment. They they also received um, live spiders and insects someone had ordered, and they showed up in their front door. They called the police. The police took it away. Yeah. So this all started happening fairly quickly in 2019. Uh, tons of newsletters uh, ranging from Her- Heather's Irritable Bowel Syndrome News and the ta- Satanic Temple. They also got uh, porn and bondage stuff. And then there was also a Twitter account started throwing, um, uh, let's see, uh, her name's Ina, with expletive-related taunts. So this was all this was all building up, and they didn't know what was going on. Uh, yeah, the thing about the taxidermist was going to send them a, 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 a small pig, um, but they followed to be sure. Thankfully, they did, yep. because the, the billing address didn't ma- match anything. So the police obviously is taking reports and seeing this stuff happen. So the police is doing their job, and they're like, okay, this is weird. What's happening? Um, they re- they received uh, more bizarre deliveries. Uh, a couple said one day it was a book for David c- called "Grief Diaries: Surviving Loss of a Spouse." So th- so the th- so whoever is doing this harassment campaign is implying that uh, your wife's going to be dead. dead. Yeah, I mean we're talking like this is like mafia shit that's going on. This is like organized crime stuff. Um, so f- finally they they basically had a you know. Do security cameras. Um, while they were putting in the security cameras they'd purchased, uh, David was up on a ladder. They saw a, a dark-colored Dodge Caravan driving up their street. Black van with New York plates. A black van coming up on their street. Their van went by the house a couple times. was captured on security cameras. Uh, later in the day, David noticed the same van pull out to follow him while he was in his car with his friend. A black van was following them. They called the police again. Three cruisers rushed to their house. Uh, they were not able to take down the license plate on the van, and the police weren't able to track down the vehicle. Um, so this is now in the realm of, like, obviously physical harassment. Yeah. Threats of violence. You see a black van. You don't know what the hell's going to happen. They're going to shoot you. They're going to assault you. Uh, super in- intimidating, obviously. Um, they, they started sleeping in different rooms, a couple. Uh, David and uh, Ina. Setting up carts with like baking pans on them, so if someone like entered through their They'd back it. door, it would make a you um, know, it would make a noise. They did. There was a prank pizza thing that happened four thirty a.m. in the morning. They, they, someone ordered pizza, and the guy thought the guy could have a gun. He pulls up because because you know it's, it's probably an Uber Eats guy, or whatever pulls up in a, a car, and it's like just to scare me. Do now I feel way. you know, and you yeah. you feel bad because like the guy's scared. He puts his hands up and just puts the pizzas on the ground and walks away. Apparently, that's what David said. And Ina points out, you know, uh, something good. She's like, "This is fucked up." She's like, "You know, we started doing this. It was kind of like ha- trying to help." You know, provide tips to small businesses and things like that. And now these small businesses are being used against us. You know, she felt bad. You know, yeah. now people are calling. It's not uh, just harassment on them. It's it's harassment on the parts of the businesses that they're using, too. So it, it took a head. It was this August 18th of 2019. Uh, David uh, goes to the grocery store. This time, a silver SUV started following him. Um, so he drove him downtown. He was going to drove him to the, to the police department. The SUV followed distance. Uh, David pulled over and parked across the street from the police station. As the SUV slowly drove past, he propped up 
the iPhone on the steering wheel and photograph the stalkers. He said, he said, I was determined to take a picture this time. I just kept hitting the button. So now we get the full license plate number. Good on you, David. Get the full license plate number. The native police then quickly start to unravel the conspiracy. The vehicle tracked down, tracked back to an eBay contractor who was staying at the Ritz. I guess the local Ritz there. This was eBay. Yeah. Doing this. This was People eBay. People working for eBay. Actually working for eBay. Working for eBay went after this couple. This eBay old, did this. Went like, after, that's insane. Went to, after like, I, this old couple who just did a fucking online newsletter. I just, I have to keep um, saying that to myself. This wasn't like a seller. This wasn't like a no. problem through eBay. This wasn't like a beef between sellers that got out of control. eBay fucking did this. And, um,. Wenig, I believe, stepped down, and they they said that this problem was one. It was a consideration uh, for the reason why he was uh, being replaced. Um, so the feds got involved with this. Forget that the feds. Got six involved. employees got fired. Six, six actual eBay employees and one contractor. The FBI got into this. This got serious. The the fucking FBI going after eBay. Um. Finally, it said uh, everything stopped after tweets on September 6, 2019. So I guess they realized, oh, we're screwed. They're on to us now. We got to stop this. So this is where it goes to. In June 2020, federal prosecutors announced criminal charges against six now former eBay employees and a contractor. The company apologized to the Steiners and in a lengthy statement said it had conducted its own investigation that had resulted in terminating all the employees charged by the charged by the government, plus communications chief Weimer, who has not been charged. A communications chief, someone high up the chain, yeah, was uh, allegedly coordinating this effort to fucking harass, like really harass, not just cyber stalk and harass, harass in person this couple, a, 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 you know, a Massachusetts uh, couple. The investigation also found that former CEO Wendig had made inappropriate communications but did not have advanced knowledge of the harassment and stalking. That we know of, obviously, because you would not put that on the record. Uh, Wenning was not charged, was allowed to resign in September 2019 with a compensation package worth $57 million. The Steiner scandal was a consideration in his departure, the company said. I'm not saying the CEO knew about this, but the directive has to come from somewhere Yep, for, for this. I don't, you're telling me all these employees went rogue on their own? To do this, like, to, and spend money to do this, and hire a quote unquote contractor. Where they hire like a like a private investigator to harass this couple or what have you. Like, this is insane stuff. This is this is nuts. Yeah, we, we, I think this might be blowing up today when we're just recording this. We, yeah, this was I, think I, saw it, I think I uh, saw it trending. This honestly. could be a movie. Like, you wouldn't believe this was a movie if this happens. So we have the criminal investigation, and they're fucked. A huge civil lawsuit's coming. I don't know how much money they're going to get out of eBay. It ain't going to be a little amount. No. I know that. They're going to get millions of dollars from eBay for this. This is insane. This is insane. Yep. Well, uh, uh, let's see. Wenning's lawyer said an independent investigation confirmed that, that Devin Wenning had nothing to do with and no knowledge of any of the activities alleged in Mr. and Mr. Mrs. Steiner's complaint. Okay. Uh, although, he, although he is an inviting target as a former CEO... He did not know of, approve, or authorize the conduct and, re- and regrets what the Steiners experienced. So the communications guy just did it on his own? Basically acted like a fucking thug? Acted like a, just a, a thug to go after this couple? Like, what were they hoping to gain? Like, they're going to... It's a newsletter. Like, you're a yeah. huge... Like, what do you... You're not... They're not affecting eBay's 
bottom line? Like, you know how much money eBay makes? Like, well, what it's are you like they said at the, end, they said at the end of the day, they're still promoting people use the website. They're criticizing but like, it, but the, the whole point of their, their newsletter is to essentially boils down to helping people sell stuff on eBay. It helps them use your service. But like when we, when we, when we point out rightfully so, and that the, the couple has done that eBay doesn't push back against like, like people selling bullshit counterfeit stuff. We talk about that every other, other month. We're not, we're not affecting the bottom line of eBay at all. No. I doubt this couple really was. So, like, it was someone that felt slighted. Like, how dare they talk about me? And the reason why, you know, people might think the CEO became involved because the thing about, about you know, the CEO is making so much more money. It's like, oh, well, screw them. Well, I'll show them. Like, if that's a thought process, these are these are psychopaths. Yeah. eBay CEO Devin Wenig earns 152 times that of employees. That's when, allegedly, this stuff happened. Like, that's that was a tipping point. So... My God, what, like, this is horrific. Yeah, it's 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 awful. We're talking about a, a company with, with the, you know, on the stock exchange, it's like a publicly traded company, eBay. That makes, you know, billions of dollars going after, you know, like a, a couple. It's nuts. There's a little more to the story, but we, we gave you the nuts and bolts here. Yeah, go read it. It's a well-written article. Boston Globe. Check it out. Google it. Been all over the um, internet. They said, David said, the vitriol towards us, where did it come from? I don't know, David. I don't know. Try to send you live uh, live sp- uh, you know, spiders. Try to send you fucking uh, horror masks and, and try to send you like dead pigs and sign you up to shit. It's insane. Uh, sometimes in the past two years, I haven't been able to recognize myself. Uh, David told the Globe on the day after Cook was sentenced. Okay, Philip Cook, this, the former senior manager of security operations. This former senior manager of security operations for eBay's global security team was sentenced to 18 months in prison. One of the one of the defendants. It was the first sentencing involved of anyone involved in that case. Global security team. You're concerned about this couple. What the fuck is this couple going to do to your secu- uh, you know your eBay? They like, just wanted to be assholes. You're fucking thugs. But they just you're, wanted to be assholes. You're thugs. You thought you're what? What are you fucking? Uh, what are you like? Like a drug gang? Go, going after like you know, like wait what the fuck are you doing, going after these people like, yeah this is nuts. I hope you enjoy that story because like when I read this I couldn't believe when I was read through. That's why I said Ian you got to read this and I was like, was like okay the next day is like holy shit yeah it's crazy it's absolutely crazy. Well and enjoy your retirement with millions of eBay's dollars, uh, Ina and David. Holy shit! If you have millions of dollars and you'd like to give us some of that, we have a Patreon. <laughs> Patreon.com slash CU podcast. If you've gotten a, a, a civil lawsuit from eBay. If you've cleaned up uh, recently. And you want to give a little bit of money. Civil to... lawsuit and you're feeling generous. Patreon.com slash CU podcast. Podcast. Uh, podcast. Jesus Christ, Ian. God, my ears. Woo. Hot. Blooded. What, what can you get there? Ian? Hot blooded. Uh, I'm actually going to have a writing up today. Uh, you get the full video podcast. You get Hangouts. Uh, I gotta do a, I gotta do a hangout this month. It's early. It's early in the month. Yeah, I'll do mine this weekend. All right, you do yours this weekend. I'll do mine next weekend. Uh, then we'll compare. Um, and you can vote on a you can vote on a poll topic. topic. Poll topic. <laughs> in second place, thirty six percent arcade games you could not beat as a child that others could. And in the first place, regarding Activision and Blizzard, which we have an update to today as well, should you still support the games of a problematic video game corporation? Ian, what are your thoughts? You're more connected to Activision Blizzard and their products than I am. Well, let's 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 talk about 
the update. You want to do the update first? Let's do the update via first. Bloomberg. Via Bloom Bloomberg. The Bloom I can trust. Bloomberg. Uh, so yes, huge, huge, huge update. Uh, J. Allen Brack will be replaced by Jen O'Neill and Mike Ibarra. This reporting comes from Jason Schreier. Um, so uh, He's Blizzard, president of Blizzard. Yeah, Blizzard president J. Allen Brack is leaving the company amid a cultural reckoning at parent Activision Blizzard. Um, Brack's departure was disclosed in an email to staff Tuesday. Uh, he'll be replaced, like I said, by Jen O'Neill and Mikey Barra, new co-leaders of Blizzard. Um, shares were down more than 4%. So this is coming off of the horrifying um, sexual harassment and uh, just uh, employment lawsuit against Activision Blizzard that is being brought by the state of California. But it sounds like it was mostly the Blizzard side of that. I guess mostly the yeah. Blizzard side is what it seems to be. Because it's still kind of running separate. Uh, we talked about it last week. Um, yeah, real horrible stuff. Uh, I knew that I, I, the, the uptops were not going to uh, come out of this oh, no. unscathed. I'm surprised that there hasn't been more changes already, but this is not surprising for me to see. Um, in terms of, you know, whether or not you should continue to support the games, um, even some of the Blizzard employees have come out and said, you know, uh, in the wake of this, obviously, Blizzard and Activision Blizzard is a big company. It's a big umbrella of a company. They publish all sorts of games, tons of games. two giant companies that combined: Call of Duty, World of Warcraft, Diablo, um, uh, League of Legends, um, Overwatch, uh, sure. and I'm—I mean, I'm obviously forgetting tons and tons Just of things alone. on the are, on yeah. the Activision side. But uh, Call of Duty, obviously, is you know one of the pitfall. Big ones. Giant, giant for them. Still. Barnstorming. River Raid. River Raid. <laughs> um, so, you know, their games have worked their way through, uh, you know, video game culture and into, um, you know, the, the lives of people who make their living off of video games. Streamers, reporters, things of that nature. Sure. Um, and the Activision Blizzard employees staged a walkout and said, you know, if you want to support us, here's what you can actually do to support us. And they gave a list of places they would have liked to have seen donations go to. Um, and they clearly said, hey, don't harass people who are streaming these games. Don't, you know, don't don't go after them. Uh, they didn't do anything. The games are, you know, out there. I kind of agree. Uh when a company does something like this, I don't want to continue supporting them. I'm not in a, I, I, I am in no rush to go out and buy a game made by Activision or Blizzard. Um, and because this stuff is on my mind a lot, I, 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 it comes up when I go to play something and I'm like, maybe I don't want to play it. Um, I will personally be sitting out the Diablo 2 remaster and I was really looking forward to the Diablo 2 remaster. I fucking love Diablo. Um, but I don't know that you need to if you're a World of Warcraft streamer, I, I think you can do a lot of things to show yourself in solidarity with the people who work at Blizzard that will actively help them, like I said, donating to the causes they state. But I don't know that you necessarily need to leave World of Warcraft behind. I, I, I'm, I'm, it's, I'm having a tough time framing this because I personally feel like, yes, I will probably change my game playing habits more. I am, I haven't played Diablo three since this news. I will probably not play it for a good long time. I will not be partaking in the Diablo two remaster, but I'm also not going to shit all over people who say stream Diablo 
and make money off of it or the people who pre-ordered Diablo 2 and are getting it. I Do you get what I'm saying? It it it's it it's tough. But like I said, the people who work at Activision Blizzard clearly stated these are things you can do to show your support and I think that's well, where you should be focusing your energy is on the things they yeah. want you to support in their name. You don't support the games that can lose their jobs. I mean, that's, that's the nuts. I mean, that's the long and short of it. If, if, if they don't make revenue, they cut, they cut. And where they cut from lower level employees. Right. First. They want changes um, at their business yeah. place. They don't want um, the business to disappear. So it's tough. I, I get it. I it's, mean, it's we, a we're tough talking question. about giant corporations. There's always going to be, I hate using the word bad eggs. You're going to have a, a lot of good employees and you're going to have assholes. That goes with movie productions, obviously, that employ hundreds of people, video games. You, you're not going to be able to avoid it. There's always going to – no company has a, a, just perfect employees. Obviously, this is what needed a cultural change. It sounds like the Activision Blizzard CEO, Bobby Kotick, is basically cleaning house and is going to exert more direct control because obviously Blizzard has not had a great track record the last few years in general. No, no, it's so like, awful. It's, so it sounds like they're going to basically take it a, a tighter rein on the ship. I mean, if, this, if it wasn't going to be this, I don't know what. Uh, because there's always been a lot of bad, you know, it has been great for Blizzard the past uh, few years. Jason Schreier laid out a, a timeline with like uh, Activision started to push for a company to cut costs because Blizzard revenues were tanking in 2017 18, produce more games at a faster pace. Uh, former, the former uh, person, uh, I guess, president of, of Blizzard resigned in 2018, and then Brack took over after that. Then you had the Diablo Moral stuff, the Blitz, Blitz Chung stuff, obviously. Uh, WC3 reforms. I'm not familiar with what happened with that situation. Um, and then they started closing offices in 2019. So Activision is basically not happy with Blizzard's performance at this point. So um, this was probably like long overdue to, to take direct control, but obviously not. you didn't want it to happen like this. This isn't just a revenue thing. This is ruining people's lives and discrimination yeah. and harassment. Like, yeah, it, it, <laughs> yeah. If, uh, Kodak probably uh, you know, blew a fuse, obviously. <laughs> And it's like, okay, enough's enough. You're, you, you know, you're done. Uh, this is, yeah. So people are speculating whether or not this means that Blizzard will cease to exist as a, like a semi-separate entity at some point, potentially. Uh, but, you know, we'll have to see. So when, getting back to the point of uh, supporting the company. Um, I don't think you should feel guilty if you're buying the game still. You want to buy, obviously, lots of talent that people worked on it for years, you know, these games. And, and you're not, hurting the people you know the people that are getting ousted they're set they have their golden parachutes you're not hurting them by not buying the product i mean you're not um it's sad but that's that's what it comes down to they're fine they can retire tomorrow and they're going to be living high off the hog as they say you know like that expression so yeah i mean it's up to you it's up to your moral compass and what you want to do if you feel like hey i feel weird doing this because you know they're blizzards and blazing on this game then don't I don't think most people would judge you for that, but like, that's not going to make things better for the people that were hurt. It just won't. Um, it, it won't affect it in that respect. Yeah, it's it's uh, not going to affect uh, the people that you want it to affect, and it's not what the people who are affected asked of you. So yeah, my well, a boycott's not going to make it better. It my my uh, my. I guess my whole point here is: listen to the people who are actually walking out. Listen to the people who are actually affected, and do what they ask you to do if you want to show support. And if that's make some donations to various causes, make those donations. But they have not asked you to stop playing. If the, if your livelihood is streaming World of Warcraft, stream stream the World of Warcraft. I don't think anyone's going to hold that against you. 
Yeah, like like I said, these games have hundreds of people working on them. This isn't like one or two people running the company. Like 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 um you know people not to bring up Elon Musk, but you know he's the head of yeah. Tesla. But like he does douchey things. But that doesn't mean you shouldn't buy a Tesla if you want to buy a nice like a car you want. Like that doesn't mean because obviously you have tons of people working on it. And like like so the one the one or two people you don't like that's not the entire product. Even if they're, even they're, if they're a large face of the product or you know they're, they're pulling strings in some capacity that's not it I mean, there's tons of awful directors that have done really good movies you're not going to see them because that director could be an asshole behind the scenes you know i mean that happens lots of bad people in entertainment that's 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 the bottom line it's the bottom line this portion of the cu podcast is sponsored by nordvpn it's what i use to keep myself secure on the internet and you can too if you care about your online security a vpn is vital and Nord is offering a huge discount on a two-year plan of NordVPN, plus four free additional months at nordvpn.com slash podcast. So what do you get with NordVPN? You get secure internet. All of your internet data stays safe behind a wall of next-generation encryption. You block malware and ads. Turn on CyberSec to avoid malware hosting websites, annoying ads, and botnet control. Strict no-log policy at NordVPN. They don't track, collect, or share your private data. It's none of their business. Protect your data nonstop. Kill Switch will make sure your data will not be exposed, not even for a brief moment. VPN servers everywhere. Choose from 5,400-plus servers in 59 countries. Enjoy the internet with no limits or borders. And P2P is welcome here. Share large files with no hassle, thanks to hundreds of secure P2P servers. Worldwide access. Enjoy instant secure access to hundreds of streaming websites worldwide. And you can use it on multiple devices. One account lets you connect up to six devices. Secure them all in any combination and use with ease. It's just a click. Using NordVPN is as simple and intuitive as making your morning coffee. Take control of your internet experience today with NordVPN. Right now, you can get a two-year plan at a huge discount, plus four additional months for free when you go to nordvpn.com slash podcast. It's risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. That's nordvpn.com slash podcast, or simply click the link in the description below on YouTube. All right. I'm going to do some voicemails, I guess. Let's do them. <laughs> You sound you sound enthralled, Dean, to do it. I've just been overly warm this entire podcast. It's like sixty eight degrees. It's like perfect. I know out. it's it's not you. It's me, man. Your internal temperature is just like. Is it the lights right above you? I got one right above me. I don't know. The lights are too hot. Very hot. Go to anchor.fm slash see podcast. Leave us a voice message. Try to try to keep it uh, short if you can. You get in, you get out. You can compliment uh, Ian's uh, nicely shaved groomed beard. My hair that's. Stay in there somehow. All right, first question here. Hey, Pat and Ian. This is David calling from the San Gabriel Valley. And my question is, if you all were to open a completely unnecessary arcade, or maybe just an Ian arcade and a Pat arcade or barcade, what are some unique arcade cabinets you'd all want to have there that are more than two players? So, you know, and there's some obvious ones, right? There's the Simpsons, TMNT... NBA Jam at four-player arcade cabinets, but what are some unique arcade cabinets that you would all want to have there that are more than two players? For me, it would be Alien vs. Predator or three-player arcade. Beat them up. Uh, real fun. All right. Peace. I think we get this question every six months or so, it seems like, but all right. Alien vs. Predator would obviously be a big one. Um, I would want 
uh, if you're asking about multiplayer stuff, I would absolutely want a Pac-Man verse. I would want oh, Pac-Man that's verse. Like, yeah. I would Battle want, I, I, and I would want the, the big one. I would want the one with the four bar stools. Oh, you want the big one on the, the screen? With the screen. Whoa, okay. Screen. I, want, I want the game a, show style yeah, we one. You've got to take out a small business loan for that, buddy. That's expensive. I want the game show style one. Uh, I'll, be, I'll be happy with the cocktail one. Um, I would also, of course, do... Um, I mean, we're we're talking dreams here. Uh, I would also do uh, off road. Off road is a great multiplayer. Super game. Super off road. It doesn't it gets ignored. That's a great, great multiplayer game. It is. It's fantastic. The sounds in the game. The the, the, the horns. The, the wheel. The people spinning the wheel. Like anyone could just slap in a quarter and play that game. It's easy easy to learn, hard to master. Super off road. Uh, also, I would want a like three to four player grid setup. Really? Yeah. Deep cutting. I love grid. Because it's a, you know it's a, it's a it was fun third person shooter it was neat. and it has a, it basically has a computer control scheme with a trackball it's and a the, trackball and yeah it was a little weird for me because I was uh, I'm lefty I would have done it they had the opposite, that but they had it one machine at the end of Seaside Park right before Sawmill Pizza everyone in Jersey's like yeah Sawmill Pizza uh, right at the end they had one machine I remember playing it there there wasn't I never in my life have seen more than one hooked up. Uh, together before uh there was three of them at the cybertron and the so you could do a little little deathmatch sort of stuff and Uh, then um this is not a necessarily a multiplayer one but i just want to make sure i've got the name right um i and it's a it's a it's a unique machine um i keep thinking it's called crack and shoot but i'm not pulling it up all right real quick for me then um i think uh maybe like like a i like a gauntlet I think Gauntlet is great, or Gauntlet Legends, but I think the original Gauntlet people get into that still. Uh, the original Gauntlet would be a great one uh, for people. Um, how about no? That's not an arcade machine, uh, but someone told me about. Um, was this guy we're talking about? It? Yeah, there's a, there's a four player the, the newer Pac Man um, um, uh, table hockey game. Oh yeah, there's a four player version. I never played that. I, I played the two player one with all the little mini pucks, but there's a four player version of that. That's a big one. Quicking Crash, it's called. Quicking Crash? Quicking Crash. Um, I fucking, they, that was at the uh, arcade that I used to go to. I love Quicking Crash. It's a, it. it's a timed Namco shooting gallery um, that uses uh, uh, visual trickery to make it look like you're constantly, or that you can shoot a coffee mug. And so what it is, is it pops up like little target plates and you shoot them and you've got to be fast. It's a quick draw game. Um, but the the big payoff is oh, that wow. the, the cup last explodes. thing is you expl- you you uh, blow up the cup. So that's not actually a cup. What is that? So it is actually a mug. What it is is there's a mug underneath that forms together, and there's a little actuator that makes. So it's a picture of a mug, and when you shoot it, the picture of the mug flies up, and underneath there's a mug. There's mug oh, pieces. pieces it, f- there's oh. an actuator that hits it, and it, they go. Boom, making it look like they explode, and it's reflected up into the image. Brilliant. It's really, really cool Brilliant. looking, and it's... It, it's it, a cool effect. I'm it, looking at it. It's like, a super cool effect that is super believable, and like... Wow. That thing was in the mall arcade for like a and that, year, and I played it every I've time n- I went that. to the mall. I've never seen that in my life. I love shooting the mug. <laughs> and it's also one of the coolest light guns I've ever seen. If you can see a picture of the yeah, light gun, it, it looks, it's a really neat looking light gun, it's a too. Be- it's a beefy looking like... Um, Lethal Enforcers looking like Magnum gun there. Uh, real quick for me, the last one, I, I want four players of, of Cruising USA together. All right. You got, you got to go classic with that. Uh, okay. The next one is. Hey, I like when you guys report on video game news. I really love your perspective. 
but I love it even more when you just talk about whatever the fuck you want. Language. So please keep doing that. And here's my question. If you could rename the banana anything you want, what would you rename it? Banana. Bye-bye. <laughs> I, I don't know about that one. Uh, I don't know. What would, I, what would I rename a banana if I could? Per- um, it's perfect. Perfect name. Anna, Anna. It repeats. Snackering. Snackering's not bad. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Phil, though, a.k.a. Phil Bowser again. And the question for you this time is, I really enjoy the segment y'all did about your favorite and ranking the fast food restaurants, but what are some of your favorite condiments? Personally, my wife and I love hot sauce, so we crush Tabasco, Texas Pete, Sriracha, the like. Uh, but we'd love to hear what you guys add to food. Take care. What do you think, Ian? What's, what's one of your favorites? Big hot sauce fan. Of course. Got your hot sauce. Uh, very big hot sauce fan. Uh, as a matter of fact, I was eating um, chicharrones last night with uh, the um, uh, Ghost Scream uh, Verde hot sauce. That is very good. I was also eating them with Aardvark hot sauce, the Aardvark habanero last night. Um, but I'm big on mustards. I love mustard. Uh, did you have Mr. Mustard back east like we did, Mr. Mustard? No, you I don't Mr. Mustard? So. No. It's a nice spicy mustard. Uh, I love brown mustard. I love yellow mustard. I love gray poupon. Uh, in Buffalo, Weber's mustard like... with horseradish is a big thing. I loved that. Yellow mustard you ever have with a walnut, horseradish. Walnut made... mustard is good. You ever have one of those? Uh, no, that would be amazing, yeah, though. I've had one. Yeah. I like uh, walnuts. Um, yeah, so real big on mustards. Uh, on most of my sandwiches, my ideal hot dog is mustard onion, maybe a little relish. Um, so yeah, mustard, mustards and hot sauces are my big go-to. Damn, I'm hungry. Intermittent fasting. Um, I love cocktail sauce, but that's really like a mixture of like horseradish and like cocktail a little so- vinegar and ketchup. It, it's, 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 uh, yeah, it's, it's horseradish, little, uh, a couple dashes of Worcestershire usually and ketchup. I, I mean, when I make it, when I cook shrimp, lemon, I just, lemon, when I cook it, I mean, you're fine just using horseradish and ketchup. You get most of the flavor just from that. Sure. If you don't want to live a little. And I love, um, as, as Seinfeld says, salsa is the number one condiment in America. Because they like saying salsa. Salsa is so versatile. It you is. You put it on fish, put on chicken, um, use it for a dip. And th- the variety of salsas now, when I go, like, a mango salsa is delicious. Oh, it's like, so good. Uh, Sprouse makes a good one, Ian. A nice mango salsa. Uh, I had one that was like... Um, what was it? There was like a um, a lime one they had that was like. There's so many different salsas that it's almost like each one can almost be its own category. There's like you know there's salsa with like lots of beans in it that are thicker, and you can just go for uh, like a pico de gallo style, where it's just like almost all tomatoes. Salsa is like so versatile. It's delicious stuff. It's stupendous. Hi guys, this is Jose from Michigan. I just wanted to get your opinion on the uh, new Chinese handheld emulators that are mm-hmm. popping up especially the One X player. Uh, We know that Nintendo has uh, nominated the handheld market with the Switch, but should they be concerned about these new powerful Chinese handhelds that are popping up? So I looked this up, and this was like, this would have been impressive if if the Steam Deck didn't exist. Like, like these are ones I guess they were trying to get going. Um, There's Kickstars for like one or two of these sort of things where, you know, and and that's what makes the Steam Deck so incredible is that, the Steam Deck is, is like hundreds of dollars less than these things are. You know, like um, they're really taking a, taking a, probably a bath on on these units of uh, Valve that they sell. Yeah, so the one notebook, uh, it's one notebook and 10 cents. So this is like 
the one X player, I, I'm just learning about this, but this isn't like a, uh, this isn't like a cheap Chinese knockoff. This is, no. this has got some of the, the bigger names, you know, in, in China behind it. Sure. Um, but what is the price on it? What, what's the, um, wasn't cheap. I do know that when I looked up. A- ah, so the one X player is available to purchase now from Indiegogo at an early bird pricing of 899 yeah. with retail pricing up to 1,159. Yeah. That's exactly in line with what I said when we talked yeah. about the, uh, so again, that's why the steam deck, the, the steam mo- deck, that's why it's like, well, I don't need it, but it's such a good deal. You don't want to lose money by not buying it because valve is, is over, over, you know, they're, they're taking a loss on them. Right, because they have the marketplace, they have the built-in marketplace to make that money back tenfold. Lickety split, they can make it back. Anyone who gets that, yeah, we've all got games in our inventory, but everyone's going to buy at least one game the day they get that I feel so bad for people that got this 1X player, and then they see the Steam Deck announced. Right. It's like, well, it's something that might be as powerful or a little bit more, but it's double the price, you know? So, doesn't look like it has like the thumb pads or any of that stuff either. Or the trackpad, which I like. I'll, the I'll the trackpads. That's what I mean, the yeah. thumb trackpads. Yeah, I'm in love with that. Hi, Pat and Ian. I hope you're both keeping well. It's Aaron from Deerham in the UK. Why isn't there much love for certain retro sports games, such as the FIFA series, in contrast to racing and wrestling games, which are far more fondly remembered and replayed? Love the podcast. Well, across the pond, Aaron, we don't really care much about we call soccer we just don't well i, I, I but mean, i th- I, th- I think he's using fifa as an example because it's what's common to him i think he's the same thing could be said about football and, and baseball games over here the reason why people don't go back and play a lot of the retro older years is because they're based on real leagues with real people and i think people get kind of caught up in having the most up-to-date teams there's no real reason to play um you know a, a, a madden 08 when you can get a Madden 17 for the same price oh. or or something I, like that. I thought I was more thinking of like games from the 90s because like, people still love NHL 94. Well, and, uh, yeah, but I'm, I'm getting to that. There's specific years, sure. 94 yeah. would be one example where they get Tecmo everything. Super Bowl. Where they get everything just right. Tecmo Super Bowl because it's a different type of game. It's arcadey. It's, yeah. it, 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 it's, it's pick uh. up and play. But you have to have those special one-off cases you have to have those 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 examples where they, they're really doing something different um, racing games and wrestling games on the other hand wrestling games change all sorts of systems people love the classic wrestlers they want to see what the rosters are yeah. racing games they all handle differently they may have certain tracks that you like I, I think the older wrestling the easiest way for me to put this is the older wrestling games and racing games can oftentimes feel like a standalone experience whereas an earlier year of FIFA or an earlier year of Madden just feels like the old version of what you're playing now. Yeah, and, and then thinking back to like you know the because like yeah, my cousin played soccer, so he had like the Super Nintendo FIFA games that came out, you know, in like ninety three, ninety four, sure. And they all like run together, you know. There's nothing that really separates, and there wasn't like that one. Like this is the this is the Super Nintendo soccer. You know, there is no NBA Jam for soccer that we played or Tecmo Super Bowl. They just this didn't have one, right? If they yeah. did, people would still be playing it, I'm sure. What we got was Mega Man Soccer. Which what we got. Which was a lost fucking opportunity to do something cool. Sure. Hey, Pat. 
Hey, and Foxandra here again. I heard you playing my voicemail before, and I realized I got cut off before I could even ask my question. I'm so sorry. I know you can't stand those douchebags calling in without Douche actually bitch. asking anything, thinking there's some sort of comedian doing the funny voices. You want to talk about funny voices? None of the ones you've heard are half as embarrassing as my dad trying to do his godfather impression to the waitress when you're out in a family dinner. Only thing more cringeworthy than that was my ex trying to get me back, but texting me some symphony of the night meme. What is a man? Listen, the only miserable pile he had was under his belt. Whoa! So, I gotta set the record straight. I was born and raised Jersey, and... Oh, crap, the question! Pat, I was wondering, you ever think about you get so big someday that your book sold so much you'd run into one at a flea market years down the line? Yeah, it just seem interesting to me. Like you get so popular, you run into yourself somewhere you wouldn't expect years ago. Anyway, I think that was under a minute, but... Hey, Voxandra, <laughs> I love you, but I'm glad it's only a minute, Voxandra. I love the, I love the shtick, Voxandra. Have you ever run it. into your book anywhere for sale? No, not yet. I've seen my DVD laying out at a, at a swap me, but it was someone that I gave gave a copy to. Oh, that just had. Oh, they're trying to sell it. I, I'm friends with like one or two sellers that you know I've given a copy of the book to, but no, I haven't seen it yet. Have There's, you seen any of your DVDs ever in like a like a, like a book off or yeah. whatever? No, but I have had reports that my book has shown up in, in a couple of those stores. I can't remember who it was. Someone but... said they got my book for only like ten bucks or something. Like that's a fucking deal. There is um, a, there uh, was someone online. I can't remember who, but someone in the YouTube community who puts out DVDs had taken a picture. They saw their DVD at like a book off oh, or something like that one day. But every month now, I'm seeing more and more people ask me, "Hey Pat, is this your signature on this NES game?" That I found. That's oh. they, or me <laughs> yeah. and e yeah. I've had people. Yeah. I've had people ask me that too. That's interesting. I've, I've, but like, I mean, when you think about it, I, I've so, I've signed tons and tons of NES games. At some point, they're going to go up. Yeah, yeah, it's okay. I don't, I don't begrudge you getting sick of me, and you want you need some money for your Tiger Heli that I signed. Right now. <laughs> it's usually not Tiger Heli. Usually better at games than that. Fuck Sandra. Uh, yeah, that, that, yeah. Okay, Jer I love the Jersey girls. All right, what's next here? Um, skip, 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 skip. Speak Jersey to me. Exactly. Hey guys, this is Danny from New York. Danny. I have a question mostly for Ian. As a fellow shoot 'em up fan, I was wondering what are some of your favorite shooters and if there are any you've been playing recently? For me, if I had to pick, I'd say Katsui for my favorite new school bullet hell style and Metal Black for the more classic style shooter. Um, yeah, I, I love these questions. I have been playing a lot of shooters recently. I think one of my all-time favorites is probably Mushihime-sama, the uh, Bug Princess. I've been playing that a lot again lately. Um, I have something like... My, I checked my Steam account. I don't do a lot of PC gaming, but I have like 50 hours into Mushihime-sama. Just a fucking arcade shooter? shooter. I play it... A, I've played a lot of Mushihime-sama. Um, but one that I really like that I, 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 I've, I've bought three times now... Um, and I don't see a lot of people talk about because it's kind of basic, but I love You're Raiden 4. Raiden 4 is fucking fantastic. I, I think it's an amazing shooter. Um, it, there's nothing like specifically visually impressive about it, but the soundtrack is good. It's really fun to play. The stage layout is great. It's just, it's, it's snappy. It gets everything done properly. Hey, Pat and Ian, this is Gizmo from California, and I wanted to ask you what your thoughts were on in-game advertisement, because uh, it seems that people have taken an entirely different attitude as of late. So, so um, I think, again, it goes back to, like, the frog in boiling water. We're getting, we're getting so used to now stuff being advertising game that, you know, it's common. 
Like it used to be like, okay, going back to like pole position, you put stuff on billboards is kind of part of it. And obviously as, as you get more and more involved with modern games and it's more intrusive, but then it's par- sometimes it's part of the open world. I mean, Ian probably would know more about this than me in terms of like them building in the advertisement more and more as you're playing a game. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's weird. I mean, you think about advertising in games, and I mean, it, it existed a long time ago. Like you said, Pole Position had ads on the boards. Yeah. Um, uh, Tapper famously uh, had the Budweiser, Budweiser. license, yeah. and I've got a the a, the Apple II version of Tapper that I played all the time. Um, advertised Mountain Dew. Oh. Yeah, advertised Mountain Dew. So I mean that that that's it's it's been in games for a while. It is getting more intrusive right. though, and in more um, kind of in your face. It, one instance that I always think of is uh, Burnout Paradise, which is the open world Burnout game. Um, you know, big car crashes and stuff like that. But billboards for like subway and shit everywhere when you're driving around. You know, I mean, it's just they, it's everywhere. Yeah, I'll do a few more. Hey, Pat and Ian. This is Drew. I'm a big fan of the show. Quick question. Bigger human garbage. Mike Kennedy versus Tommy Tellerico. Well, I'm not going to do a straight judgment on that. I'll just say this. The only thing Mike Kennedy ever said about this is that we were drunken podcasters. Yeah. And, and he left it at that. That was all the, all the uh, slander or libel that was ever thrown at us was that. It wasn't anything you know, ultra personal or making up lies about how I've lost friends by talking about a, a game console that that's going to be delayed for a, a third time soon or making up stories about how, you know, I, I, I was forcing someone to kiss my ring in person and just outright fucking slander. Kennedy never did that. Kennedy was smart to basically just focus on, you know, you know, running his idea into the ground without taking as, as much personal shots, you know, as, as uh, Mr. Tallarico has done. I, I can't wait until I stop hearing about both of them. Well, Mike, Mike is, uh, you know, not involved with video games anymore. No, no. I don't know what's happened to him. I haven't read that book, but, you know, he's out, he's out of the scene, I think. He probably still posts on Atari Age every now and then. All right, next. Hey, guys, this is a quick one from the UK. Uh, my question is for both of you. It's um, There's two types of competitive gaming, like major competitive gaming in my eyes. They speed on it. And there's player versus player, like fight games, first-person shooters, that kind of thing. What do you think is more like interesting and impressive to watch? Is oh. it speed running or is it player versus player? Right, have a good one. Thank you. Um, well, there's different things. There's more to me. There's more drama in player versus player because it's a competition and it's person versus person, obviously. So you have nerves and you have to, like. What well, I I, enjoy, I actually enjoy watching the the, the fighting. Uh, competitive. You know, I, I really think, enjoy yeah. high-level uh, fighting game competition. It's really fun to watch. The better the game, uh, you know, the more it plays out like a real fight. What, uh, I mean, kind of. I like watching Tekken. I like watching the high-end Street Fighter stuff. Um, you know, Guilty Gear. Uh, I, I, I have no interest in actually speedrunning myself. It would drive me nuts. Um, and I don't know, and this is not to sound insulting, I, I don't necessarily like watching the journey in real time, but I do love seeing like these videos that come yeah, out. Oh, of people. Yeah. Like, I, I, think, I think it's very impressive. Uh, I have nothing bad to say about it. I just don't enjoy watching. I, I love seeing it when it's all said and done. Yeah, because obviously uh, there's, there's people. If you're a speedrunner, that's a lifestyle. You yes. have to put in thousands of hours into some of these games yep. in order to hit those marks. And like that's all you can do, which is fine. I'm not putting judgment on that. But yeah, I can't, like Zine said, I can't watch you on Twitch 
try and fail and do and go back and reset every I I I, I don't get it, but I understand some people like that. I just can't get into that. But yeah, I'll watch like a speed run. I'll actually, I'll watch like a finished speed oh, run. Yeah, I'll, I'll watch. watch a finished speed run. Yeah. I'll give you props. Yeah. I'll talk about it on here. I think it's very cool. I just I don't like like watching the process. Yeah, it, it's almost it, it'd be akin to like okay, I'll go back to the Olympics. I'm gonna watch the you like eating sausage. You just don't want to see how it's made. I want to watch the hundred meter dash happen. I don't want to see him training. You know, all the years before to get to hundred meter dash the Olympics. You know what I mean? Like, I want to see the end result. <laughs> yeah. All right, we got. Uh, we gonna do one more. One more. Let's see. Uh, do you think someone uh, checked in with us? I hope so. You think someone did? You guys just can't help yourselves, can you? You gotta rip on my Amico. You gotta blast my controllers. You gotta slam my cornhole. What? And the physical media. We're not even calling it that. It's physical products. <laughs> Big difference. Watch the video and listen to what Hans Gruber is trying to tell you. <laughs> Physical products. They're only 20 bucks anyway. You know what those Neo Geo physical products used to cost? And you still make my controllers too expensive too, even though it's clearly because of the value. But hey, if you can't afford it, that's what the Mad Cats version is for. You think that cornhole video made me look bad? Okay, I'm going to load up AOL and I'm going to show you. Cornhole video well that is that is not what i wanted now i gotta clear my browser history again oh oh tommy <laughs> you lovable scamp you scamp oh clear that browsing history there i was so lovable on the podcast hey, but just i did a sandwich with, with, with tommy you did a sandwich with this tom yeah, yeah sure Gotta bring 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 this bring this caliber to, this is the tommy that we want to see this is the time i want to see running a game company all right, that's it for the CU Podcast. That's it. That was a fun one. That was all right. It wasn't two hours. It was an hour 46, so that's all right. I'm going to go home and have fucking five showers because apparently What's wrong with I, you? I don't I'm know. comfortable. Oh, my nose always sweats. I've got a little nose. Oh, man. My nose doesn't breathe. It's not breathing my nose. My metabolism's getting jumpy. That's good. You're losing weight then. You're going gonna to burn some calories. Maybe. Joining the Y tomorrow. I remember when you went to the Y. I remember you went to the Did you go to the Y when I, when I knew you? I might have been at the tail end of a Y membership, but I, I, I've belonged to uh, EOS Fitness up there. So did I, yeah. And I uh, belonged to... You go to the Y, you going to do some, do, some, uh, do some laps? I got to swim. I got to swim. I look at these swimmers, and I'm like, I got to get that shape. I got to swim. I'm going to work my glutes. You going to do some squats? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get I'm gonna get the most enviable dad ass. Is that a thing, dad ass? Making it Not dead right ass, now. dad ass. Dad ass. All right, well... Crack walnuts with these with this, with this ass. You want, oh, you want the Van Dam ass? Yeah, that that that's a goal. Yeah. Walnuts are gonna be using the mustard we talked about. That's right. Ass made mustard. All right, yeah. I'm getting out of here. Uh, okay, Ian. Tell me, tell me, you can give me an ass update next week. All yeah. right, we'll see you later, everyone.